Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well, Tim, but I really want to be fantastic. And what would make me fantastic is knowing that you're doing well. So how are you, Tim? Well, I'm doing fantastic. Great. We're all doing fantastic. <laughs> I hope everyone out there listening is doing fantastic. If you're just right on the cusp of being fantastic, I guarantee once you listen to this episode, you're going to walk away with a smile and say, God, what a fantastic day. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Lance. We have on an old friend. Her name is Lainey Hobbs. She does the True Crime Fan Club podcast. And Lance, she's one of the creators of the True Crime Podcast Festival that's happening in Dallas, Texas this summer. At this point with Lainey, it's almost easier to say what she doesn't do because she has about a million podcasts, plus she does the festival, plus she's a new mom, which is a uh, big congratulations right there. Yes, indeed. Big congrats. But all of that is not going to keep her from attending the festival, which is August 26th, August 27th, and August 28th, and that is located at the Weston Park Central Hotel in Dallas, Texas. That's right. It's going to be a great time. And Lance, we are not attending this year, sadly. Uh, we would love to be, but we are going on tour with True Crime Obsessed and Maggie Freeling in August. And that's just a little bit too much for us. But next time that they do the True Crime Podcast Festival, we got to be there. We made the commitment during this conversation with Lainey, so there's no going back on it. Not like we would anyway. But you are right, Tim. We are going to be traveling pretty much the entire month of August, starting on August 3rd, where we will be in the wonderful city of Orlando, Florida, on stage with True Crime Obsessed and Maggie Freeling. Then we move on to West Palm Beach, Florida on Thursday, August 4th. And then we are off to, on Saturday, August 6th, Atlanta, Georgia. That's leg one. Leg one. And then leg two is St. Paul, Minnesota on Friday, August 19th. And then we head south to Dallas, Texas on Saturday, August 20th. And then over to Houston, Texas on Sunday, August 21st. Lance, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun to hang out with Patrick and Maggie again. It's going to be a whirlwind, Tim, and I really am looking forward to it so much. And for more information on those tour dates and to get your tickets, go to truecrimeobsessed.com. Okay, everybody, and make sure to go to the True Crime Podcast Festival at the end of August, August 26th through 28th, 2022. It's a busy August for the podcast industry, Lance. And I know. Can we crime... squeeze some more stuff in there? <laughs> The True Crime Podcast Festival is going to be great. You can get your tickets at truecrimepodcastfestival.com. And there's also some links in the show notes to follow them on social media. And while you're toggling your butt over on the internet, why don't you toggle your butt on over to truecrimefanclub.com and check out what Lainey's doing over there at her flagship podcast. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Follow us on social media. Check out the links in the show notes. Welcome back to the podcast. Lainey, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Surviving. That's all I can say. <laughs> surviving is really the most any of us can say at this point. Um, but I'm curious yeah. why you went to surviving right away. It felt like that <laughs> just, was... Because, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm dying half the time. Um, so <laughs> I have a lot going on. Obviously, you guys know with the podcast that I do, being a new mom, and then also the festival that I'm uh, headlining this uh, year. It's kind of crazy. So very excited. But yes, definitely overwhelming at times. So surviving is the best I can do. Where do we start? You said you, yeah. you have your show. You're a new mom. Yes. The festival. I say, yes. first of all, thank you for taking time out of your day to sit here with us in front of, of your logo and <laughs> and talk about all this. Um, where do you want to start? What What's... How is it like being a new mom in the in in this uh, day and age? Um, to me, you know, it's really interesting because it's kind of like a nouveau thing. You have all of these um different ways to like engage in parenting, right? So we have gentle parenting, a reactive parenting, 
um, and things that very different from how I was raised for sure. Um, which is kind of like a, just a new, having a new mindset of being like, how would I have wanted to be talked to as a child? Um, you know, you, I'm raising a human, so I just really want her to be the best person in the end and hopefully help her manage emotions and be able to have constructive conversations with people. Um, so I just really ultimately just like to acknowledge her feelings, even though she's one, um, just kind of have those conversations. So there's a lot you could do, you know, may not do it always the best way, but we try. And so I think as long as you care about the type of parent you are, you already are doing a good job. Well said. But yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well said is right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, t- tell us about how you've balanced um, your your job as a podcaster. Yeah. So I have a nine to five. I actually just started a new job in January, but I do like uh, employee relations. So I do HR, which if you know me, you know that that's like my bread and butter because I'm nosy. I love to know what's going on. <laughs> so people basically have to tell me what's going on on a daily basis and I get to hear all the drama, which I love. Um So I started a new job. My daughter was probably six months or so. um, And then I put her in daycare around eight months. But at the time, I'm, you know, I was in a pretty stable job before and then was managing podcasting when I was on maternity leave. I had a lot of friends fill in for me on the show. And I had done a bunch of pre-recording for Spotify. So I didn't really have any of that pressure to put episodes out or make sure like I really planned my maternity leave. Um, you know, to make sure I had enough time to just focus on the baby and then um, come back to work and get back into the stride of things. So everything worked out. I had people, my grandma lives with me, so she watched the baby when I had to record. My husband's here, obviously, working from home too, so we kind of just swapped her around. And then when she started needing a ton of attention and I was worried about like, oh my God, she should probably learn stuff instead of just hanging out in her room you know, like playing, um, we put her in daycare. So she's been there having fun ever since. And yeah, I'm actually, you know, then I started all these crazy things with the podcast and festival. And I was like, it's a great year for me to take over. <laughs> so well, that's, that's what great. I did. <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, 2022 is the, the year of Laney. Yes. It's the year of yes. <laughs> the year <laughs> of yes. yes to everything. Yes. Okay. When you are speaking of yes, when you are interviewing for a job in the field of HR, human resources, uh-huh. do you let them know first that you have this podcast and this other side project uh, no. or this other not side project? You have this other life. Uh, no. And do you also let them know that you like drama and you're nosy. Yes. OK, so yes to drama and nosy because I say like employee relations is my bread and butter. I could eat mm. it every day, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, I'm very passionate about it. I love coaching, counseling, employees, um, and just being people facing. It's what I love to do. Um, so I have a real passion for it. And it's, you know, the salacious part of it is fun, but it's not that like salacious every day. It's just kind of somebody used my trash can and I'm pissed off about it type of situation. Um, you would you wouldn't believe the stories you hear. Oh, I, I bet. I, yeah. Yeah. They, it's insane, but I love it. Um, and I don't really share, uh, I don't really like to have my worlds blend together that way. Like my family knows obviously, but like my general friends don't really care that I have a podcast. They know what I do. They don't realize, I think the success I have. So it's kind of weird for them when I'm like, oh yeah, I work for Spotify too. Or, oh yeah. You know, when, when you get a sponsor, they think it's the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, you guys, like we've been getting sponsors since forever. So it's not a... It's not, it, maybe we're a oh, little jaded because we've been it. You no, know, well, you know, we've been in it a while. So it's just like, you're not like, oh my God, I got a sponsor. Like your first one, you're so excited. But like, you know, after a while you're like, yeah, I'll do business with you. You move on. And it's just now a business transaction. It's no longer exciting, if you will. To all the potential sponsors out there. <laughs> I'm not we're, excited. We're always we not excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not excited whatsoever. Just pay me. but yeah I mean you know it's just like to me I see it as a business transaction and I'm like if I like what you're offering then I'll take it Um, and sometimes you know my friends get to live vicariously through those sponsorships so it's wonderful Um, but I generally don't like to have them merge now if somebody mentions they have you know interest in true crime or I'll say like oh yeah I love true crime like I love talking about it and then somehow that'll come up so I've been more open about it but it weirds me out with 
when my coworkers like listen to me, I'm like, oh, you you listen to that? I'm like, oh wait, don't start at the beginning because it's very like um, jarring. <laughs> I chose like the most like um, insidious episodes uh, to begin with, or cases to begin with um, in my podcasting journey. So I try to go, you know what? Just start from like where you're at right now. Don't, you don't got to go back to the beginning. Um, so yeah, I, I I generally don't like the worlds to mend. So. Okay. Mel, so have have you mind. ever considered setting up like secret mics in your office, um, <laughs> your HR office, and then like if maybe I ten years later? <laughs> well, ten years later, down the road, you can start a par- podcast that's like HR confidential, and it's all the employees just like. <laughs> and dishing. I just work with Doctor Shiloh and Doctor Scott to analyze the kookiness. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! You know, you honestly wouldn't believe. I just dealt with somebody who. Um, you know, you've heard of those stories like targeted individuals and stuff and how like they kind of devolve into this thinking. And I just dealt with somebody who was like that. Um, they were put on like a suspension or something. And then they started emailing us saying like, I noticed that the company vans are around me more. And I noticed that, you know, my service is glitching and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that like happened so quickly. Um, and so now they're like in this targeted mindset and I've never seen that happen like in real life. I've only really ever heard of it on shows that I listen to. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I work remotely, so I don't have an office to go into. So it would just be me and you would just hear me go at the end of it going, wow, okay. (laughs) At the end of that. But yeah, no, um, the stories aren't really that interesting. You don't really get great, great stuff, but things like that you see and you're like, oh, wow. Um, I'm thankful for the remote work because, you know, I know true crime very well and I know the um, ramifications that come along with doing the work that I do. Um, We remember the Oklahoma uh, office uh, shooting that happened and HR was targeted in that and that really scared our profession. And so we had to take a lot more precautions on where we sat when we were terminating employees, who we notified when we were terminating employees. And so when I moved to a remote role, I was really thankful for that because I was like, listen, I'm not willing to put my life on the line to fire somebody. If I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to engage with that person. But um, ultimately, I take employee safety very seriously, especially my own. So I'm very happy that we have those um, parameters in place now. But yeah, it can be a scary profession depending because you don't really know who you're, you know, who you're crossing paths with. I think many of the people who have unfortunately been taken in office violence thought, you know, had probably some weird feeling about them, but they felt they couldn't do or say anything because you don't have proof of it. You just have a feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to make light of uh, your job, but um, yeah. I've been feeling a little weird about Lance uh, lately, <laughs> and I was wondering if this is okay, an okay place and time to uh, to mention that. I think probably so. don't want to tell Lance that you feel that <laughs> way, but <laughs> probably want to talk about that separately. But, uh, you know, now that it's out there for sure. I will take on the guide of, you know, employee relations for the podcasting community. <laughs> now there would be some drama. I would love to hear it. I'd be like, wow. please come to me with all of your issues. I would love to hear it. Yeah. That yeah. one you, you would definitely want to record and broadcast <laughs> Oh, later. for sure. Yeah. Oh, my and God. If I could do it. podcasting confidential, <laughs> oh, I would love it. The good thing about that is none of the podcasters would threaten to sue because they would love to hear their own voice out there. That's true. (laughs) And we could do disguise. Oh, my gosh. That's such a great. Can we just do that together? Can we collaborate that and make that a podcast (laughs) thing where they can just call in their confessions and be like, this is a podcaster I hate today. This is great. Do we we call it? Copyright it, claimed it, trademark. (laughs) Nobody can steal this idea. We called it. Oh, that would be amazing. I would totally do it in a heartbeat. I have so much. Podcast Confidential? Podcast Confidential? Yeah. Podcast Confessions? Confessions confessions. of a Podcaster? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely something in that range. Oh, and you know the audience would eat it up because they know that that stuff happens because you see all the subtweets from random accounts and stuff. Oh, my God. I would love it. Yeah. I would have stories for days, guys. It would be incredible. (laughs) Yeah, and when, luckily we stay out of all the drama um, completely. We completely mm. stay out of the drama. Mm. We've never been embroiled in anything <laughs> um, dramatic. True that. Oh, my gosh, yeah, really. <laughs> um, Lainey, tell us about your podcasts. I know uh, True Crime Fan Club, and yeah, tell us, tell us about what else you're up to. Yes, yeah, so I have True Crime Fan Club um, that I started in 2016, so that's my baby. And then I have my paranormal show called... It's Haunted What Now? I think that's going on three years now, too. 
Um, and then I uh, host a show for Spotify. It's a ParCast original, as they call it, um, because previously ParCast was its own um, network. And then they got bought out by Spotify, so we are a meld of Spotify and ParCast. So I host Crimes of Passion on Spotify, uh, and all I really, I'm just the host of it, so I don't really do any of the um, research, writing, even though part of my lines is I'm not a researcher. I mean, you know, like I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but we have done a lot of research for the show. I have done none for that. So sorry, Vale has been unmasked. And then I actually have another show coming out with them. I'm not clear to announce what it is yet, but I will be um, hosting another show for them probably in the next year or so, but still in well, development. Yeah. I mean, you might as well tell everybody now. I mean, well, I don't know what it is, <laughs> I, like oh. official title. I don't know what it's called, but um, it's really cool. It's interesting. Um, it's still kind of in the true crime world, but it's more so focused on kind of the white collar crimes, like art thefts and things like that. Like kind of the cool stuff that I like to talk about too. Um, so I, I think it'll be fun. Very cool. Is it all about D.B. Cooper? Yes. Okay, well, great. You spoiled it, so. <laughs> Nailed it. They're going to wow. sue you now. <laughs> Please. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be in our podcast confessions. <laughs> well, My show was well, exposed. <laughs> podcast <Please>. exposed. <laughs> Not, okay, yeah, we're, oh, getting, well. we're getting closer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it might be, might be teetering on. I also yeah. have stories about those, too, so let's... <laughs> We can get into it. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Let me tell you. I just hear my ears are to the ground. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us what kind of stuff you cover on your podcasts. Um, let's let's start with True Crime Fan Club. Yeah. So with True Crime Fan Club, it really just runs a gambit. I particularly focused on solved cases. Doesn't really matter um, when they happen. But for me, having a resolution is really important. It's very, very hard for me to um, do anything that's unsolved um, just because I like to have answers. So I I know that there are people like there out me like, oh my gosh, I know that there are people out there like me who also like to have answers. So that's what I do. So it's not a serialized show at all. It's just a different case every episode. Um, with It's Haunted What Now, it's focused primarily on haunted objects, and I love the paranormal, and I think it's a lot of fun to hear people's stories and kind of their experiences and things they may think are paranormal or, you know, people who were skeptics and now believe in it. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And Crimes of Passion is, of course, any crime that involves either love relationships or friendships and things like that and the kind of the extremes that people will go to to kind of commit murder you know especially in the name of love so um very interesting cases that I hadn't heard before and then also some cases that are very familiar to those who are in the true crime world very cool and uh what about your live show Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I host a um, live show every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central on what is now called Spotify Live. It was previously Spotify Greenroom. Um, but Spotify Live is basically just an active platform where people who like live audio can go and engage in any discussions. Think of like Clubhouse. um, but it's basically now for just Spotify. So um, I'm part of the True Crime Tuesday content that they have. And um, yeah, I love it. I mean, I cover a new case and cases I don't cover on um, typically on uh, True Crime Fan Club just because either it doesn't have a lot of content available and it's enough to condense into an hour discussion. Um, or like recently I did the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial just to do a recap of it because I thought it was interesting. So you can basically just pop up on there anytime and host a live show. We actually plan to utilize that platform for the True Crime Podcast Festival. So those who can't go, um, we don't typically want to have everything behind a paywall. It's not our deal. Um, so people who can log in that day, if they want to, will have access to it. And then podcasters who are um, hosting either a panel or a roundtable can also get that audio emailed to them. So It'll be fun. I think you have a, uh, I think you have a little bit more room on your plate for something. Else. I think so. I mean, hello. Yeah. I'm also starting another show on my own, um, but I'm going to wait. And 
I know. It's as much as I say, I don't like unresolved things. Um, but my writer for um, True Crime Fan Club is really, really invested in cold cases. So we are going to be starting a new podcast called Cold Case Club. And it's just going to be covering a bunch of different um, unresolved cases out there. Um, I'll probably launch it sometime next year because we want to have all of the episodes done so that it's just kind of consistent across across the board there. So you're you're really um, capitalizing on the fan club. Yes. <laughs> yeah the the fan club branding, which is really smart. So you got true crime, true crime fan club, cold, cold case, case fan club. club. Uh, what's what's next? You know, I don't know. Mom club, <laughs> mom, mom fan club, clubs. <laughs> fan club, fan club. <laughs> yes, I'm just going to be the you know the president of all the chapters of the fan clubs that are out there. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> What what about this uh, supernatural, yeah, um, passion that you have? Where did that come from? <laughs> I've always been interested in the paranormal. Um, it, I honestly wanted to do a paranormal podcast before I did True Crime Fan Club, um, but they're just to me. I didn't. I wasn't ready for it. I guess so. Uh, true crime was kind of the genre that I felt more comfortable in at first. And then once I got my bearings in podcasting, I was like, okay, I can do this. I know what I want. I know what I'm looking for now. Um, but yeah, I've always been interested in it. And I'm I'm Mexican. So our folklore is really um, dealt, like meshed with the paranormal. Um, we have a lot of stories in my family about experiences that they had in Mexico and all that stuff kind of just fascinated me and kind of scared the crap out of me at the same time. My grandma would tell it to me when I was little, like about to go to sleep. I don't know why I ever asked her to tell me these stories. I'd be like, oh, tell me about that time a witch approached you or something. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, why am I sleeping by myself? <laughs> so I love to be scared. I love getting scared. I love like that frightening feeling. But um, I'm just a weirdo, I guess. I don't know. I love it. So I, I love to share in the paranormal with people. But I will say this. If you are a believer in the paranormal, avoid the Zach Bagans haunted house tour at all costs. Because I was like, oh, my God, this is so terrible. Like, I, if I would have walked in like a hardcore believer, I left a skeptic in the paranormal. I'd been like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> wow. know. What? Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> it's so bad. Baggins. This was the, uh, the one in Vegas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, Terrible. I heard the exact opposite, I feel like. From, from who? Least... I want to talk to them. I don't remember. Okay, so some of the stuff they um, focus on, uh, like in true crime, so they talk about the satanic panic, which as we all know in true crime was not a real thing. It was something that people just like created in their minds to hate on people who listened to heavy metal, who dressed in black. It's kind of how the West Memphis Three were selected as, um, you know, uh verdicts in the case, if you will, because of their lifestyle and what they choose chose to listen to and wear. Um, so they, they went off on, um, they pushed that narrative, the satanic panic narrative as, you know, like, oh, Jenna Jameson's brother. And of course, I'm like, you're citing Jenna Jameson as a source. She's like tequila right now, just a little loopy. So they were saying like Jenna Jameson's brother remembers people in cloaks and children being sacrificed and all this stuff. And I was like, that didn't happen. Like, that was not a thing that happened. Um, so that really uh, grinded my gears. They talk about Robert Bordella, you know, for the Kansas City Butcher. And they just they just pushed a lot of narratives that in the true crime world have been debunked and are not true. Um, just kind of to sell a story. And I don't think that that's appropriate or ethical. So I was like, this is not great um, content to be pushing to people who don't know otherwise. Are you saying that Zach Baggins from the renowned and esteemed Ghost Adventures Ghost Adventures <laughs> mm-hmm. possibly has something going on in Vegas that might capitalize on the <laughs> yeah, inaccuracies yeah. Uh-huh. and the tragedies of the past? Uh, yes. I wow. mean, the Bordello Room is just upsetting because he has nothing but like renditions of whatever artwork he had that shows like really severe sexual abuse scenes and i'm just like why what's the point of that um but yeah he does what so. what do you mean by that like uh like like sexual like, torture that would be done yeah. historically um no like that robert bordella like the pictures he took of him oh oh the robert bordella people. oh mm-hmm. oh why would you do that exactly so 
Um, and then also for Dr. Kevorkian, like we know now that there's a compassionate way to help people in their lives. And so, um, again, pushing a narrative of like, oh, what did the evil Dr. Kevorkian do? And I'm like, these people actually like <laughs> came to him and requested his assistance. And then same thing with like Ed Gein, who we know suffered from a mental illness. Does that excuse the murders that he did? No. But there's also no paranormal piece to that. So this is truly just something for... Um, you know, salaciousness. That's really all it is. And so I'm fine with that. I'm like, listen, go, go hard if you're going to go hard, but just tell the right story. He had Nazi memorabilia in there. I don't see the point purpose of it um, because we know that it existed, but I don't see the point in having it on display anywhere. Um, but again, I mean, it's just, he's a collector of items and collector of stories. And I think he's the curator of the stories that he finds to be, um, the most attractive and he necessarily probably doesn't care about um, the accuracy of those. (laughs) So Nazi memorabilia is so like boring and tropey to me. Like if you're going to present, yeah, if you're going to present something with a Nazi um, tie to it, give me something that's historical where you can tell me what happened, why, what, you know, where we are now, like give me like depth to it and not just like, Oh, this was a, SS badge. Yeah. Isn't it creepy? Or here's a little rat with Hitler's mustache on it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, cool. that sounds adorable. So, I mean, well, minus the Hitler part. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, yeah. We've covered a lot in 20 minutes. I'm I sorry. know. <laughs> My gosh. No, don't apologize. This is uh this is the best kind of uh, It's the content you didn't know you needed. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, write that down. As curator, though, I feel like he should be there, like as the tour guide, so you can kind of ask him these questions. Like, what were you thinking when you did when you put this here? You know, but that's that's not what happens, I imagine. No, I guess he visits every now and then, but the tour guides also are pretty hokey, um, and they carry around canes that they uh, systematically knock every now and then, um, not in like general senses, like oh hey, it's like dunk dunk dunk. And then things happen or don't, 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 something happens. And you're just like, <laughs> anybody else believe this? Like, I was just <laughs> like, at first I was really nervous to go because I'm like, oh, they have the Dybbuk box. They have, you know, these notoriously haunted objects. So I was like, okay, you know, like, I don't mess with my juju like that. Um, and for some instances, there were parts of it where I was like, wow, that's incredible. Like, I'm not going to mess around with it just in case it's real. Um, like, uh the doll that like if you look at her eyes she like can haunt you or whatever so I was like no thanks I hate dolls anyway so not taking the risk um the Dybbuk box was really interesting but then there was another instance of like um a Swedish man who was murdered and they believed that because he they believed he was a witch and then they buried his body and then the ground started dying like the ground around him started dying after he was buried so they were like you know what let's exhume and chop off his head and then pass it around through the generations And so they have his head just like floating in this box. And they were like, yeah, don't say anything when you go into that room. You can look at him, but just don't say anything because this is his final resting place. He doesn't want to be here. And I was like, "Okay, so like, let's not (laughs) expose him then. I don't you know what I mean? It's just like that's just such a weird thing to do. Um, But yeah, it's it's pretty hokey, in my opinion. It wasn't like the best um, tour, if you will. And so I, I. did like a little Instagram reel afterwards and was just like, uh, I would skip out on it. Um, it's just as kind of salacious as the murder museum in LA. You know, it's just a lot for maybe no reason. Well, I, uh, I, I like that you have decided to use this platform <laughs> to, uh, hate on Zach bagel bites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just wage war on, uh, on Zach Baggins. He is open door here. If he wants to come on to rebut any of this. Oh he my God. I would than- love it. More than welcome to it. come on. Um, what what is a uh, what is a haunted object that you would stay as far away from? The Dybbuk box for sure. Oh really? Go. Oh d- yeah. Do tell. Do tell. So um, th- it's this really. Um, it, I think it was it belonged to a Hasidic uh, Jew at the time at the time, and it was something that um, exposed like both worlds. It's so evil and good. And for Jewish people, I don't really know what they believe in, in terms of heaven and hell. So, but it's like the equivalent of that in Christianity. So this box is essentially like a portal to, um, what Christians would consider to be hell and allow to allow for like evil things that 
don't necessarily belong in this world um, to come out and expose itself. And so the woman who was um, who was um, who had the box, she requested that the box be buried with her because she was aware of like how dangerous it was. And in the Jewish culture, it wasn't appropriate to do that. So the granddaughter ignored those wishes and passed it along to different people. And of course, everybody who came into contact with it before it's kind of enclosed in the way it is now. So um, the different people that came into contact with it have had terrible experiences, like either got cancer or have died or have had heart attacks or have lost people in their lives. And it's all pretty consistent. So everybody who's had it has had some terrible tragedy or sets of tragedies happen. And then um, finally, the box made its way to Zach and they did kind of a Jewish blessing around it and made sure that, you know, it was kind of sealed appropriately um, by a rabbi and by different other, I think, people. Now, there's this famous story about Post Malone kind of getting, you know, the repercussions of being in the same vicinity of the Dimmick box. So the story goes that Post Malone and uh, Zach Bagans were there in the Haunted Museum after hours doing a little tour. And Zach had this, like, these ashes of somebody in his hand. And he takes off the clear case that's over the Dybbuk box that's supposed to, like, protect people. So he takes the clear case off and he puts the ashes on top of it. And then immediately, like, has some visceral reaction to it. Like, crying, screaming, slamming up against the wall. And Post Malone's, like, scared shitless and he has no idea what to do. So he's like, uh, I'm going to go get help. Um... And he thought it was just weird and silly, so he didn't take it seriously. Well, then later what happens is like he his plane almost goes his plane almost goes down or crashes. He gets robbed or his house gets robbed. And then he's in a really like terrible car accident that he luckily survived. So he went and made amends to the Dybbuk box for some reason. I forgot what the issue was, but he makes amends. And because of that incident, they now have enclosed the Dybbuk box into this huge like wood glass case and it has etchings of Hebrew prayers on it and then there's um, salt and basil I think around there but the basil is starting to mold which means that there's there should be the only reason that would happen is if there's moisture but it's completely dry so there's a lot of things like happening there so I definitely I went into the room really like oh god please nothing please nothing and so um, yeah you're not supposed to spend a lot of time around it but yeah that's one object I definitely don't have any desire to revisit ever again (sighs) well that's understandable (laughs) (laughs) but how do you guys feel about that I'm very interested are you believers in the paranormal I love it Um, I'm super interested in it I don't really know I guess Uh, you haven't had any experiences no not really no, not, not um, anything that you can like really point a finger at and say like that is a tangible thing. But I do agree with you on like the feeling of being afraid. I, I rank that up there with like, you know, you get those like emotions and moments in your life that sort of define what you're going to do next. And your adrenaline and your, you know, you, you your brain is firing on a, on a level that doesn't typically fire when you're simply shopping for groceries you know in a moment like that you have to make a decision and you have to figure out pretty quickly several things is it real am i lying to myself is my eyes playing tricks on me my mind playing tricks on me if so do i leave like do i run do i stay do you know yeah has this happened before i just feel like there's no other explanation emotion that could happen that encapsulates everything so quickly yeah but no ghost experiences, like feeling like, oh, hey, there's a ghost. <laughs> I mean, I'll, or I'll voices. Say, personally yeah. speaking, when um, we moved into the new place that we're in a couple of years ago, it's super old. It's uh, it's like the first time it's on a map is 1830. Um, but oh, wow. Yeah, we suspect that it was here probably like the foundation was probably here in like 1790, just looking at documents and everything. So uh-huh. everyone's always like, oh, is it haunted? And then there was a time when I was like, you know, some things were happening. And then we just started making a joke about it. Like I lived in a haunted house um, and it was just a joke, really. Uh, but I've never felt a bad energy here. 
I've always uh-huh. felt a very comfortable energy, like a very welcoming energy, and I've never lived in a place that I've had like just a welcoming feeling. And I, I think when I first moved here, I was telling Tim, I was probably recording too at the same time, saying that like I would just practice getting used to the place by walking around in the dark so that I could get used to the <laughs> the feeling of it. Like you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. but I, but exactly any other place I wouldn't have done that. I would. Yeah, I'm I afraid of the dark. I don't care. Even in a church, I'd be like terrified. So forget that. Oh, I'd be terrified in a church. I'd yeah, be, I'd be terrified I'd be, anywhere in the dark. Terrifying. Yes, I played the exorcism game or exorcist game on the VR, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> this is terrifying, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I I did hear a growl one time in an old apartment when I lived in LA, and my girlfriend at the time was she heard the same thing. I remember messaging a uh, a ghost website. I think it was called Ghost Theory dot mm-hmm. com and uh, I think it ended up on the message boards. I think I could still find it actually. That would be um, cool. Send yeah. it in. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, no, and, nothing. And really. you know what? No, and you know we like messaged the owners about that whole thing, and and the, but we had dogs, and the dogs kind of freaked out at that moment. Um, it was kind of a weird thing, but um, yeah, definitely nothing, nothing crazy or yeah. real that I know of to report. Yeah, and nothing that can be explained by something else, like the doorbell goes off here kind of randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that could simply be in the winter, it would go off uh, at like a certain time every day. Um, not every day, but a certain time on a, on, on, on like, it would go off at a certain time on, on random days. And then the second winter it happened, we started putting it together that there was probably some ice or some water that had frozen behind the doorbell. Mm-hmm. And then because the sun was on the house at that particular time of the day, it thawed it out and caused it to move and uh, and ring the bell. Or it was our neighbor with their garage door opener. But, you know, you could try to like, <laughs> you, you can try to um, debunk, ex- explain it away. Yeah. Yeah. But- okay. Well, you never know. Yeah, the doorbell thing is it actually that was connected to the the growl too that we we heard doorbell ring. Oh, I remember you telling uh, that story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was pretty weird. See, um, you have had yeah. stuff then. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's only in your mind if it's solidified. It doesn't really matter if somebody comes in and is like, mm, "I don't trust that experience you had." It's like I was there, so it's that's true. how it, it felt also, to me. Yeah, it also kind of lives in like a, a place in my brain that I don't uh, access very often, or. Or think about but now that I think about it I do remember that happening a lot with the doorbell and running down the flights of stairs and even one time because it happened so frequently I didn't go all the way down I just yelled anyone there and then it rang three times in a row and Ew. then I went down there and there was still no one there <laughs> no thanks Ew, gross <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see things that like that. Cool. I'm like, who who's gonna debunk that for you? Who's gonna be like, yeah, yeah, I didn't see anybody on the street that day, so I can't tell you. I mean, you know, it's just right. an eerie feeling you have. So, you, it's right. one of those things you just can't explain it. So, we Does we it did have a moment of lost house? time in our house. Hello, <laughs> what? <laughs> it it was weird, and I I, I I won't get into it now because it is literally like a 20 minute story. Um, it okay. just involved my girlfriend and I not being able to find each other for several minutes and then in the same house yeah like I I took the dog for a walk came back put the mail on the table walked past her desk went upstairs heard the doorbell came downstairs she was outside and she couldn't get in because I had locked the door behind me and she was like, I would. I just went outside to look for you because she was on like a work call. Mm. And then th- we put it all together with like the time frame because I bumped into our neighbor's son who was on his way to school. And I thought it was weird that he was leaving for school. And I, cause I checked the time, it was like one fifteen. So, and her call ended at like, like, I don't know, one twenty or something. Um, but th- it was, it was the mail. It was the mail that did it. I came Ugh. in and put the mail on the table, went upstairs. That's when the doorbell rang. And <laughs> we talked about what had happened. We were, she was like, I couldn't find you. I walked down the street. And she went back into her, her office to go back to work. 
and there was something bugging me about it. And I just looked at the mail on the table and I said, oh, you got a couple of pieces of mail. And she said, I know I looked at it before I went out to go look for you. And I was like, wait a sec. Not possible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we've told our neighbors this story. I think I've told this on the air, too. And and it, 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 it frustrated our neighbor who lives across the street so badly he just needed to change the subject he was like he was like you just got confused and and he and he's like we don't have to talk about he just didn't want to talk about it anymore no gene we lost time (laughs) (laughs) no gene we went into a time fold golly how did you know his name was gene i'm psychic I like how I said I wasn't going to tell the story and then I told (laughs) I mean, it wasn't 20 minutes, but if you want to really record it, send it to me so I can put it on the show. That'd be awesome. Oh, sure. Yeah. Let me make a note. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Lainey, tell us about the True Crime Podcast Festival. What is yes. going on? It's coming up. The, 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 I know. Yes, August. the 2022 edition. Yes, so um, this is a festival that was co-founded by myself and Lisa, who previously had a show called Crime and Precedence. Um, we started in with a thought process in 2018, and then launched the first or the inaugural one in 2019 in Chicago, which was a huge hit. It was a completely grassroots thing where we were just, you know, talking to our friends and saying like, hey, if you want to come, come. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing and <laughs> we tried our best and I think it went off really well, but we had some things we needed to fix. Then the pandemic hit. So we had to cancel the 2020 festival. Then we had 2021, which I like into more of a meetup. I was just like, you know. Um, the pandemic, I think Delta was about to surge again. So it was kind of in that weird phase. And then 2022, I was like, you know what? It's my turn. Lisa's done a really great job um, the first two years. And so I was like, I really want to take it on and just kind of go from start to finish with the whole planning process because um, I hadn't really gotten to be involved because I was pregnant during the last one. And so I, I'm, you know, I wanted to give Lisa a break from all of the planning and stuff and really invite more creators in to help in the planning process so that they could feel included um, because it's really important to me. I'm an indie supporter, like indie show supporter nonstop. Uh, Even if I were to one day ever go on a network, indie shows are at the heart of what I do and I know how important they are to this industry. Um, So I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to kind of just share their show with a bunch of people who love true crime and love true crime podcasts. So um, really, it started with the idea of just like, I love hanging out with my friends. I love being able to network with other creators and just getting to kind of talk and hang out. And, you know, you don't really get to talk on a day to day basis with people who really get what you do um, or have the same type of passion that you do and are doing true crime for the right reasons. So it's really important to me to make sure that the creators who are attending and the message that we're sending in the festival is really victim focused. We are passionate about inclusivity. Um, I know that some people had some concerns about the festival being held in Texas because of the um, the trans equality issues that are happening here. And so part of the mission of TCPF is to make a difference in the communities that we enter. So um, every year we are somewhere different. So this year, since we're in Texas, we are raising money for... Um, Hope Store, which is a battered women's shelter, which helps women and children transition from domestic violence situations to a more stable life and to leave their um, situation that they're in. They do a fantastic job of getting women, getting women ready for the workforce who maybe haven't had a job in forever um, and just really helping get their lives stabilized from, um, you know, years of domestic violence. And then we're also raising money for Texas Equality, which helps um, kind of push with legislation to prevent 
families from being targeted by bigoted people who don't believe, you know, that kids can make decisions about their lives and who they are. So um, it's really important for us to make sure we make a difference where we go. So it's up to whoever, when they purchase a ticket, everybody has an option to donate to those um, organizations. And so um, we've pledged, we kept that money to the side. And so at the end of, or whenever the tickets close, we're going to be making our donation to um, both organizations. So um, it's really important that we also ensure that anybody who comes to sell products doesn't sell anything that's considered murderabilia. Um, so everything needs to be victim focused or um, really safety focused. So we have an individual who's coming that sells, um, what is it, like physical protection things that are non-lethal. We'll likely have a demonstration from the Dallas Police Department on self-defense techniques, things like that. Um we're very excited for this year's festival. So big shows, little shows, if you just started, if you want exposure, it's a great opportunity to network. Um, Friday night is just for podcasters. So, cause we never really get an opportunity, um, at other or, you know, festivals to really just like spend time with each other before the chaos starts. Um, yeah. so Friday we have a mixer and it's just going to be for us to hang out, drink, eat, and just have a good time before, um, the chaos of the next day starts, which is, you know, having the big meet and greets and then we're going to have our round tables and panels um, we changed a lot in programming this year because we used to do live shows but now we're adding round tables to it because um, we found that really people who are passionate sorry my stomach is growling uh, people who are passionate about true crime really want to share their theories with their favorite shows like hey there's this case you covered and I'd really like to talk about this and share my thoughts on it so the roundtables are for that purpose so there's going to be cases on uh, Brandon Lawson that we're doing which is a local Texas um, case that initially I think is a cold case, but they believe they've now found his remains. His best friend is actually the person who helped find his remains um, or what we they believe to be his remains. I think confirmation is pending, but, um, you know, we're going to be talking about things like that. But um, we have many people on the committee who are focused on victim advocacy and also inclusivity within the genre, because as we know, um, people of color are often not taken seriously in the podcasting industry. So it's important for us to make sure we have an equal distribution of programming that includes them as well. For you. Excellent, excellent work. <laughs> um, excellent job being inclusive and extending the platform to uh all of the good causes that you're, you know, raising awareness and, and funding for. Um, ah, wish we could be there. We're, we we I committed know. to I, we committed to something else. I know a long time ago, and it's it good. just like those dates just are not good, and we can't. Um, yeah, make yeah. it next year. It's going to be in year. May. Next okay. year is going to be May. Yes. And where do you have? Is there any idea where? Or are you just uh, there is an idea where, but we're not going to announce it yet. Uh, oh, no, no one's exclusive. listening anyway. Just it's just <laughs> yeah. no, sure. No, I'll tell you privately, but no. Okay, cool. <laughs> we won't announce um, it. So yes, it will be May of next year, either the second week week of May or the last week of May. Okay, and that's twenty twenty three. Yes. And what are the dates for this year? We are going to be Dallas. Texas, August 26th through the 28th at the Weston Park Central. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Very You're cool. Missing out. Fantastic. <laughs> we Good are work. missing out. Yes. yes. And we have LA Not So Confidential and Women in Crime, I believe, doing a panel on our um, on Saturday on the Sherry Papini case. So I'm very excited to see them. They were a huge hit in 2019. Um, I forgot who the other show that they did... Um, a, uh, the live show with, but they were um, not fairly well known at the time. But their panel was the most uh, rec like talked about live show um, at the end of 2019. So I'm very excited to have them back. Very That's cool. Great. Yeah, we love the good doctors um, of all LA four not so of confidential <laughs> and of women in crime. Yes, yes, they're all fantastic. What other um, panels or roundtables do you have planned? 
Yeah, so um, we just announced the first round of um, panels. The committee is still looking through some of the submissions um, that we have and just making sure that it fits with um, what we're planning for those days. So um, we have the Sherry Papini case. Then we are going to have True Crime Bullshit that's hosted by Josh Hallmark and Defense Diaries hosted by Bob Mata. Um, They're going to be doing a deep dive into the Israel Keys questioning and the ethical pieces of it um, and if law enforcement really followed um, kind of the protocols that they're supposed to follow including the FBI um, with his questioning um, then we have roundtables done by uh, Bra is a murder who is one of my favorite um, podcasts they are going to be talking about people of color and uh, different cases that involve people of color so it's going to be really interesting and then we have crime lines with Charlie and uh, again the talker, Defense Diaries, Bob Mata. Um, they're going to be discussing the overcharge of people who are involved in domestic violence situations and um, how the media portrays those when it versus men versus women and things like that. Um, if you guys don't know Bob, he's an incredible uh, former or current, maybe. Uh, he says he's a recovering defense attorney. And um, his dad was actually... John Wayne Gacy's defense attorney. And so his yes. dad gave him this random ass gift of <laughs> all of John Wayne Gacy's tapes uh, when he was, you know, being interviewed by Bob Sr. And um, he does a really great job of presenting um, the Gacy case in a new way and actually presents new evidence, a possible um, planted evidence. But it also kind of just begs the question. And I think it's going to be a great question um, during the panel about the ends justifying the means, right? Does the planted evidence, you know, do we care that John Wayne Gacy's rights were violated when he murdered, you know, 32 plus people or 23 plus people? um, And that planted evidence got us into the house to discover the bodies. Like, do we really care? And I think that's a fair question. I mean, I don't really know Mm -hmm. how to answer that. Uh, From a selfish perspective, I'm like, oh, of course I don't care. Um, But from, you know, a legal perspective, uh, it's, you know, it's not the right thing to do. So you can't pick and choose. We yeah. gotta all defend the Constitution, Lady. Yeah, and that's how Bob, Bob is. loves He's the Constitution. Like, yeah, he loves the Constitution. He loves the Fourth and the Sixth Amendment. <laughs> that was my Bob impression. Actually, that we was just great. had him on. Um, thank He's you. So funny. Yeah, I love he him. he just he, he was on an episode that aired today with us. Oh, awesome! Um, I will need to yeah. listen to it. I'm obsessed yeah. with him. His shoes, yeah, his shirts. He's he's just a stylish <laughs> his dude. His voice. His voice, yeah, he's he's just the coolest kid ever. I'm like, whoever you, I how to have nine like not known you this whole time. Um, I love him so. Yes, check out the episode. Uh, I because will. That, I love him. That that ethical like Line conversation that response. Yeah, yeah, it just naturally comes up because one, um, a lot of people ask him, you know, how did how does your dad defend somebody like John Wayne Gacy? Yes. So there's that question, but then there's the the planted evidence question, and like, do you really care? Um, but you know, there's a lot of factors. No, no yeah. one knew who John. No one knew what John Wayne Gacy was until he became John Wayne Gacy. Right. And right. if you're doing that to get one person, where does it stop? You know. Right. So yeah, it's it's a really fascinating conversation. Ooh, I can't wait to listen to it. Then yeah, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, I think we would have eventually been in the same situation where Gacy was um, convicted of murder, but maybe not right away. Yeah. You know, there were so many cases that led right to his crawl space. Um, you know, that there's a, there's a lot of clues in all those cases that, that would have eventually led back to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, now I'm so jealous that you have Bob there and you're talking about Brandon Lawson and cause we work really closely yes. with Jason Watts and we oh, did nice. the panel at CrimeCon with Ladessa and Jason and yes. talked all about that in Crimes, Cults and Cabernet. They were on the search and everything. So, uh, I feel like we're missing out. Maybe, um, maybe uh, you can log into Spotify live and listen to it. <laughs> So you can be there. Oh, yeah. That's actually <laughs> we a will great do that. idea. Yes. That's what yeah. we're doing. So we want people, you know, again, it's not a money-making scheme for us whatsoever. Trust me. Um, it's, you know, I mean, my goal is just to get this out to people. Like, I think it's, you know, it's not something that um, that we're trying to hide behind or anything like that and be like, oh, you can only get this here. Um, obviously, we would love people to attend. But um, I just want to make it available so people can hear it and listen to it. And so that the um, podcasters who are attending who maybe don't have a huge audience yet can kind of build off of what they, um, you know, can get at TCPF. It's a great opportunity to mix and mingle and to get to know creators who are maybe 
bigger and they take an interest in your show or they're like, hey, yeah, I would love to listen to that because we know the true crime market is very saturated. There's a new podcast coming out, you know, every day. Everybody thinks they're doing, you know, something new in the industry or something new in the genre and it can get lost because, you know, we've seen podcasts come and go. Um, they've started with like a passion, but then they get discouraged by numbers or they think it's a get rich quick scheme. Um, and if you're doing podcasting for money, especially in true crime, you're going to be very disappointed. Um, it's very few and far between that we have individuals who are um, new shows that exceed the expectations of an audience. So I think about Swindled started after me. He's one of my great friends. I love him to death. Um, and he's extremely successful, you know, and that's because he fits within a niche. Same thing for Josh when he told me about how he was going to develop true crime bullshit and talk about it. And I was like, dude, I can't stand Israel Keys. So hopefully you can do something, you know, great with this. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like this is going to be huge for you. And it has, it's catapulted him in a way that his other shows that are equally as great, you know, are not, couldn't do for him essentially. So um, it's, to me, a great thing. I love seeing people succeed. I don't care um, if they're more successful than I am. I'm just like, dude, that's amazing. So I'm always cheering on the sidelines for everybody, you know. Not us. We're sabotaging. We're backstabbing. We I are. We are <laughs> manipulating. Can't wait for podcast confessions, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's and a I winner. got some stories for you. <laughs> that's a winner. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Lainey, thank you so much yes. for, uh, for, for hanging me. out with us here today and joining us and telling us all about your podcast and about the True Crime Podcast Festival. We would love to be there in future years. So, uh, yes, always invited. You. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be listening to all your pods and, uh, and join in on Spotify if we can't be there in person. Yes, please do. That'll be awesome. I just got I have one final question. Mm-hmm. You uh, of Mexican heritage, your Shut feelings up. on the chupacabra. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you don't want to get me started on this. I highly believe in all of our, like, folklorical creatures, okay? But the chupacabra is not really kind of my concern because it's not really in the um, uh, realm of where I live. So yeah, it's like, whatever. If I was in South Texas, probably. Um, but it's not anything my family's had experiences with. Um, my family has had experiences with the lechusa, which is um, an owl. And so basically, I hate owls. They're harbingers of death. Um, <gasps> if you see them, I hate owls. Like, let me tell you what. I literally have banned. I, when I was pregnant, I told people, I was like, do not give me any type of owl toys, anything with <laughs> owl prints on it. I will return it. Not accepted. Um <laughs> Like not nothing whatsoever. So for the folklore goes for the Lachusas that they're owls that are really like witches and warlocks or whatever that transform themselves into owls and place curses on people. So if you see them outside your house, you're supposed to like go out, cuss them out to eternity and scare them off your property. Um, Because ultimately what happens is because they place this curse on your family, either that means you will be dying or somebody within your family will be dying. Um... And so when my biological father was in Mexico, he had gone outside because they didn't have, um, like, plumbing in their house. So they had gone outside to the outhouse. um, And he had seen a bird, like, flying over, and it was a lechuza. So his his brother came out because he was like, what the hell is this? His uh, brother came out and started cussing it out and shot it. because that's what you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to kill it or try to get off your property. So he brought his gun out, shot it. And it, as it was flying away, it fell into the field and up got a, like a guy stood up and ran away. (laughs) According to my biological father and his brother. So that's what happened. And I was like, yeah, no thing. So my husband loves my fear of owls. And he's like, one day, I want to just buy like a bunch of those owls that people put in their yards and just have them in surrounding you at night when you're asleep or something. 
so that when you wake up, you're like terrified. And I was like, I will divorce you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love you to death, but I will either end your life or I will divorce you. <laughs> it's so. not ending well either way. No, no, not for him, for sure. For me, fine. But <laughs> I will, because uh, I will take him to the cleaners. That's why I go. I was like, if I ever divorce you, I will take everything you own. <laughs> so, yes. Well, you especially after me. you've warned him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, after the I feel like I gave you fair warning. So, you know yeah. what's up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so lechuses are my thing, and I, no thanks, I hate owls, so. If anybody right. trolls me with owls, you're not my friend. <laughs> so yeah. Well, uh, warning uh, received. Yes, now you know. <laughs> <laughs>